You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome back for part two of my conversation with co-founder of Gigantic Music, Gigantic Pictures, Brian Devine. Malignant narcissism is a plague on our culture, and it has to go away. And so we cannot reward fame. We have to reward beauty. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm like I, I'm art, sort of artism. The, I'm sort of of the mind that the sociopath is the evolutionary improvement on humans. They're they're getting closer to AI. I don't know. Well, I don't here's know. the thing: sociopath then AI. That I know you're sarcastic future. and hilarious, and so those are both <laughs> but sincere. True. Um, well, I mean, it's funny because it's true. Funny because it's true. It's but right. Exactly. Here's my take on AI, and I am again speaking as a lunatic from a cave. But uh, assuming that 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 everything I say is overly idealistic, AI will not save us. It may not. I didn't be- say about them saving us. I no, said I know AI you- would. AI doesn't need food. Isn't going to jack up the planet. Isn't going to need fossil fuels. So they're the robot apocalypse. We get it. They're, they're Skynet. They're going to kill us all. But before they finally realize that we're flawed and they're not, here's my problem with AI. AI is based on essentially a jacked up, sped up data mind. Previous data is literally no indicator of future results. Life is full of miracles and change and evolution. Absolutely. So everything that's beautiful didn't happen yet. So everything that AI is looking at mm. is ergo going to lead to wrong decisions. That's why when AI writes a script, it's like, pickle billy, bigger dibba dibba dibba. It doesn't know what the fuck to say because AI is an idiot. So you're and saying AI, AI is- doesn't have the ability to take all that new, that old information, which is what our brains do, mm-hmm. and synthesize it into something that was never before because we actually are connected to the creator to the creator and we're downloading and bringing in some new stuff and AI doesn't have that connection. Boom. Word for word, I agree with every second of that. That's exactly what I mean. Couldn't have said it better. Didn't say it better. You said it better. But that is the point. The point is that previous data is no indicator of future results. Mm. Everything AI spits out is inherently somewhat too extremely wrong. So AI is a fucking idiot. Fuck you, AI. Don't murder me, but you're dumb. <laughs> and you're, I think you're on a list somewhere. Oh, I'm already on a list. It's but that's the thing is that like, on the yeah, well, it's coming for me. It's coming as soon as Skynet gets sentient. <laughs> and you know I'm that the first to the die. space, the space, the space force is being made now. Oh yeah, I mean, no, and there's, the there's a lot of villains out there. You've seen Star Trek. That's yeah. true. TV's true to our president, which is really fun. No, just because it gives them like every eight minutes something new. It's like, oh my God, Picard! Did you see what he did? Oh, someone in the Senate should take care of Picard. It's like, no, that's a miniseries. Okay, like I mean. It's dementia meets up rails of Adderall. I, I, I don't it's just feel like, that Mah. way. What's I think he is a master of playing the game that we're living in right now. Oh, no, he's I a seven-year-old man doing rails no. of Adderall watching Fox News. There's no he's such thing as bad publicity. He's a whopper on a golden toilet. He's a mess. No such thing as bad publicity. And every time he tweets something that people can make fun of, he gets more publicity. And they say he is the most famous person in the history of fame. I know, for all the wrong reasons. And here's the thing. I Here's my, here's again, their core philosophies. I have a few of them. Like my, my, my basic philosophy is be careful, be kind, and have fun out there. That if I were going to bring it down to the the, the 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 minimalist philosophy, that's on the, like my business I think card. that he's following your philosophy. No, 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 no. I don't think he, I don't think he's careful. I definitely don't think he's kind. To himself. 
He's, he's careful unkind. for himself, uh, kind to himself. He's reckless, and having fun. unkind, and he does have a lot of fun. He fills number three big time. Bigly. He's the bigliest number three, but it, they're in order of importance. He blew right through the first two stoplights without stopping. But I'm not going to attribute any of that, but here's where- And I'm glad you've not said the name. I never say the I name. I will never. I, can't, I don't say the name. I can't even- The sound of his voice gives me great nausea. But um, I'm like, oh, I'm going to vomit. But um, I can't. I can't even. I can't. We're, we all took the brown acid and we're all sharing a hallucination right now but that's a side note here's the the thing that i think is just as important which is negative drivers okay what's and a negative driver a negative driver is an inspiration that is based in evil and there we used to say money is the root of all evil i'm going to expand it to the the unholy troika and that is money power and especially fame those are the three unholy drivers if that's the reason to do anything don't do it. Money, if you power, get those as a byproduct, fame. lucky you. Mm. Uh, if someone hands you money because you're awesome or you become famous because your song's the best one ever, good for you. But if any of those three things are your reason to do anything, you have built your life around an evil equation. It's I would got agree with you. And I try corruption. to tell that to my children. So no money, no fame, no power as your driver. Here is a president that bathes in all three. He might as well have had three enormous sixes burned into his scalp. He <laughs> follows and is led by the all three of the unholy troika and exclusively a diet 100% of only those things. And unfortunately, this current culture values fame more than anything. I knew he would be president when he started running. No, one ever, Everyone looked at me like I was a maniac. I'm like, who's the most famous? Him. Who's going to win? The most famous one. The most famous one. You know, and, and, and that was it. And so, uh, you know, I don't even know how we're going to stop the freight train of fame because every idiot wants to be famous. Yeah. Until they get famous and realize there's no there there. No. I don't want to get famous. No. But I mean, clearly want, I am famous because I'm doing, you well, can't say you that, want, by the fierce, unstoppable, it, provocative, it, it, I think that that's the difference thing. You want your creativity to reach people who will get it, who will understand it, who will be meaningful. And it often seems that the only way for that to happen is by getting famous. Okay. I mean, I think that that's what people think. No, but that's but the us and them. But once you get famous that, that, and then yeah. you don't have a life and you can't walk out of your house because there's, you know, press, then you realize and you can't go to the bathroom, then you're like, huh, it was the price of fame worth it? Or, you know, are there other ways? And I feel like the internet, the technology is making it possible for people to find the audience for their creativity that before could only be gotten with fame and some machine behind you. Well, I'll give you two examples of what you can do with fame and power and, and money, which is, uh, you know, they all bundle together like, you know, car and insurance and, and, or whatever flight uh, on Expedia along with the hotel and the, and the rental car. Um, you get all three together. It's, they go together. Um, and so you can have two examples. Um, we could take, um, like for instance, my studios were designed by a company called PMI and Tony Gramani, who co-created THX with George Lucas. So I have a little bit of like the the Skywalker sound here in New York. We're like Skywalker sound East unofficially because we were designed by the same spirit person. When Disney paid um, Lucas four billion dollars for his Star Wars properties, which they are then going to make many, 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 many multiples of that through eternity. 
he immediately flipped all $4 billion into foundation so it could go immediately to serve the greater good. He never touched a dollar of it. He took all of the money that he got from that and went immediately, how may I serve others wow. with this $4 billion? Or you have Jeff Bezos who burned every brick-and-mortar retail job into the ground. And so tens of millions of mostly women and people of lesser means who were like store managers, who had health insurance, who could feed their children, all of that's gone to get to a race to the bottom on the price of retail things so that they could all accumulate over in one place. And then when asked what he wants to do, he says, I want to go to space. Not feed more people or help more people or be more humane. Go to space. So that person should live in a volcano with a skull on it and have like <laughs> sharks with lasers on their heads that kill people. Like, I have no idea. James Bond is tied up in Jeff Bezos' basin right now. Like, that's a supervillain. He looks like a supervillain, but it's a fucking supervillain. So you have two choices when you right. finally strike it rich right. and your ship comes in. What do you do? Yeah. Do you Lucas or do you Bezos? Mm. There is uh, that's the gonna be my new one. Do you Lucas yang. or do you Bezos? That's gonna be the you know, question I ask all my guests. That is a question you have to ask. And and um I am, you know, I, I am an, I'm 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 Team Lucas. Now granted, you know, I I I also work with Tosca Musk, Elon's sister, and Elon wants to go to space too, so hey. Hey, you know, it's all good. But Elon, I love all you billionaires. Please don't hurt me. Please don't hurt me. I'm small and don't mind me. I'm <laughs> just I'm just trying to make jokes. Just making jokes here. The funny guy, funny Irish guy. But funny, Elon's going to find the team and and fund the way to figure out how to go to space. Bezos is just going to buy a ticket on their train, uh, right? Yeah, I don't I don't know with the it's just like the the is he the funding research to go to space? I mean, has Bezos set up like some institute? You know, that's I'm just shitting on Bezos. You know, jobs. there's I'm sure layers to the that wonderful man that I don't know about. All I know is that whenever anybody has infinity money and they go, I want to go spend it in space when there are people in serious pain right now that you can make that pain stop. And you're not going, I want to take all that money and filter water for those that don't have it. Or like bring micro economies to places that can't, could eventually support real uh, culture, banking, all the things that like make us grow up. We're in late stage um, capitalism right now. Why don't we start early stage capitalism in other places and middle it out? Like there are many, many things we can do to, God, I did it again. Um, this is like pointing at the sky. It's the bottom. You know, have a bourbon and I'm a hot mess on the mic. Yeah, and he's, um, the, the bourbon is gone. Oh, it's like, right to, you know, no, he's yeah, three quarters I, through whatever, that cup I'm of bourbon. aftershave at this point. Like, whatever's in the house. <laughs> is, there, is that coolant? I think that's only oh, slightly nice. poisonous. Um, you know, it doesn't matter because I'll just talk and talk and talk until the, the lights go out. So, um, but but that's the thing. Like, you know, what do you do if you actually have the ability to do something for somebody? I have only a moderate to small amount of like earthly power, but I have de devoted it to the sort of independent film sector of New York. I love making music, but the music business just so went like, nope, you're not for us. Like you're nice or something. Like, I don't know. And so there was no point to it. So I make music around the fringes of my existence and I dedicate my life to the, 
the forward progress of independent film and storytelling. And so whatever I can harness among the artists that sort of ride alongside me, that's what I do. And and so So here's the hard question. Oh, you're going to have to you're going to have to stop and breathe this <sighs> one. So Brian, you said you're a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Right now, pitch me your movie. Oh, interesting. Well, here's, um, there are a bunch of movies to pitch. Like I've got a bunch of directors. That pitch I'm, me your movie that but, you're going to direct because you told me that's what you've been postponing. Okay. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to answer <laughs> without evading your question. I'm yes. going to give you the straight up for reals answer. Okay. And it's going to take like 80 minutes. And so like, they'll let it down. No, what do you get? You get the elevator pitch. Um, no, you don't get an elevator pitch. You get a long-winded half a bourbon pitch. Okay, um, the half and, a bourbon pitch. This is your right, movie. We're going to see this right. movie because right now I'm standing in agreement with you that the movie's going to be made. Okay. So we are we are in this moment right now. You are seeing the well, law of manifestation, yeah. manifestation in action. He is about to speak this into existence right here and now. I'm I'm calling this. Right. He's about to speak it into existence, and I'm going to come back on when this movie is made, and we will talk about what power exists by how long it takes for this movie to happen. Here we go, Brian. Again, I only concur and co-sign on all your energy. It does help to have a movie studio at your disposal, <laughs> so that gives you distinct advantages over making movies. But you really do need a compelling story because it's not like I live in some fiefdom where I Pitch. wave a wand. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. Uh, here's my pitch, and it starts from a grander area. I have a now just turned 14 year old daughter, and my producing partner has a nine year old daughter, and my other producing partner has a two year old daughter. Okay. And what we all concur is there's not anything for them to watch. Uh, boys, adolescent boys particularly, have all of humanity creating movie after movie after movie after movie for every one of their preternatural fantasies. Mm. Uh, women, young girls, tweens, anybody coming up that has a vagina gets jack shit to watch. Mm. And then what they do get to watch has heteronormative boys that they are paired with at the age of seven, eight, nine. Mm. There's always a boy, a prince, someone to rescue them, someone to take away their agency, their venture, whatever it may be. And so I have felt that the great gap in storytelling particularly is for young girls to be able to adventure like young boys without being stuck to uh, a relationship before they are sexual. So pre-sexual girls should not have to care about boys. They should care about imagination and fun and frolicking, running around, doing cool shit. It doesn't exist. Everyone that's ever had a daughter goes, what in the hell am I going to Gilmore Girls? I've watched so much Gilmore <laughs> Girls with my daughter. And, you know, there's a few other things that if I mentioned them on this, she would murder me, you know, so I'm not going to because I want to respect my daughter. But... There's not much, and there's nothing coming down the pipe. And so I feel like what I have always wanted to do was create an adventure series that co-starred my own daughter with this Broadway actor I know uh, named Ripley Sobo. I'll say her name. Rip is a few years older than my daughter, and she created the role of Matilda on Broadway. She is the little streep. She is an absolute master actress at the age now of 16, She is going to high school and wants no part of acting whatsoever, 
but is willing to be directed by me in her hiatus until she turns 18. As an actor, you know, 18-year-olds steal all the 16-year-old parts because they can work 100 hours a day for a nickel. <laughs> and a 16-year-old has to work five hours a day with a tutor and a thing and a thing and sag and that and this and that. And you, well, it's not worth it. So she would rather go to prom and live a normal life in her regular life and then be an adult Meryl Streep-like quality actress starting at 18 again. I have a little window where I have a 14-year-old and a 16-year-old who are beautiful, hilarious, wonderful, and are my little Newman and Redford. And I would like to put them in everything. And it's very hard to move the needle on that. But I think I can. And I will tell you my idea for the first one. It's okay. a short film. Okay. Um, I want to develop those two wonderful young ladies as a comedy team. It's not Thelma and Louise, though, right? Very much not <laughs> Thelma and Louise. And so I want to start to work on them uh, getting a comedic timing and getting a comedic presence and whatever. And so the idea I had, I grew up fascinated and in love with, at age six, seven, eight, with Abbott and Costello. I loved Abbott and Costello. They did 28 movies for Universal in every genre. So, uh, detective movie, a monster movie, uh, whatever you name it. There is a Abbott and Costello version that came out wow. of Universal Pictures. Wow. 20 Eight pictures. I didn't know that. They did. Just for that brand, they had a TV show, they had a million other things. But Adam and Costello were one of the all-time great comedy duos. And it was sort of the 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 big extroverted guy and the tall straight man. And my daughter's very tall and Rip is very small and extroverted. And I would like to create a kind of comedy, fun, fantasy world in which, and this is the film that I want to make, it's about 10 minutes long. Imagine a world if that like sort of ripping mad were of a of a quality level or of a fame level of an Abbott Costello or two Shirley Temples or whatever you want to look at it um, back in the day. And then as young women had to navigate an even more paternalistic, dangerous, male-centric um, universe of creation. And I also get to pay tribute and write a Valentine to Abbott Costello and all of the genre things. And so I want to kind of start off establishing the bit and then have the back half be the behind the scenes, them as a comedy duo dealing with agents, managers, and all the whatnots in black and white as if this happened in the 40s. Oh. And hilariously, Gigantic Pictures is the big brand of movies in the 40s in this imaginary world. So I get to like make a little fun of my own company, get to play with my daughter, get to use this wonderful Broadway actress who's on hiatus and tell my sort of passionate there need to be stories and characters created by teens and tween girls so that little seven, eight-year-old girls have somebody that they can model after that isn't trying to meet a boy. I like it. And and Brian will be back here to um, <laughs> advertise it when it comes out in the next two years because that's how much time he has to make it. Yeah, I, I have a very small window. I'd like, to do it, I'd like to shoot it this summer, but I need to write it quick. Um, but yes, and the more you pitch it, the less likely it is to happen. But I feel really? like... But I, feel I find like it's exactly the opposite. I don't buy that story. I feel like you speak that words have power. They become law in the universe and that you can speak things into existence. 
and I feel like I would be a jerk to contradict such a beautifully rendered statement. So I will just go ahead and co-sign and retract my previous statement because this is not the Fiercely Unstoppable Brian Devine show. This is Tanya's freaking show, and I am merely a guest, and she's right. So there's two. I am a guest humbled by our mighty host. And also um, uh, enriched by her company. So that's all I can say with regard to that. But yes, um, uh, bourbon plus Irish plus daddy wants to work with his daughter pretty bad. I mean, I have two wonderful boys. I was crowing about the middle guy is a freshman at Georgetown. They're all perfect. My kids are impossible. They're all better than me by seven clicks. And I run a movie studio. Like, I don't know what they're going to We're going to solve, like, global warming. I have no idea what's next. But, like, you know, if we can do something to make there still be a world, um, that'd be great for our age. So why don't we, like, huddle up, lock arms, respond to the terror and travesty before us by, like, you know, just being cool to one another, serving one another's greater good, whatever, like, we can do to lift each other up. And that's what I think the instinct was here for me to sort of come and talk to you on into the, I mean, this is just two people and a recordist talking into the abyss, hoping that someone finds these words useful or informational. That somebody hears it and they hear themselves when they're alone somewhere in the country where there aren't people like them. I mean, I feel like that here in New York. I feel like I don't have a lot of peers I had my kids when I was 25. People weren't having kids at 25. My acting coach, Bill Esper, said, don't have any more kids after the first one because all the other actresses that are coming up with you are going to get more famous than you and you're never going to catch up. And that's very, very true. Most of the other actresses who are coming up with me, they're very, very famous and they're very, very rich. And a lot of them had to like have surrogates or adopt kids. I got four kids. It's a priceless thing. <laughs> they're the best thing that ever happened to me by a million miles. You win... You're playing with house money right now. <laughs> and also the basis of that argument was fame. So disregard it already. You could just read right through it. If you just follow some of my simple rules, you can just see right through people instantaneously. But well, I, I, I will applaud you for all of your wisdom in chasing our general global concern of bringing beautiful, perfect children in this world and parenting the shit out of them, loving on them. But I, it, it's part of a greater thing. And again, this all sounds mad idealistic and silly and like something that would cause, you know, I get it. I am like a white cis and I, that word is, we could go for an hour on just what even is that. And then, but I'm a white cis rich, like, dude, like I should, I should suck. And so the fact that I'm not terrible is like seven clicks, like I'm alone in the universe there. And so at like, let me take advantage of being Peter Pan and living on a fantasy world where and things can't hurt me, where I have every institutional advantage up and down to at least try to get some humorous truth into the discussion and move the needle to a better place. And so one of my key guiding idealistic sort of messages, if I'm ever going to speak into the darkness and leave anything for anyone ever, it is that when you look at this sort of late stage capitalism and all of the things that go into the equations of business, like that is supposed to be hard and thankless and bottom line oriented. You can be bottom line oriented in the creative business and still get to the right answers because there is a one resource that's always ignored. 
And it is the most valuable, the most, well, the most valuable is time, but the most, uh, the most powerful. And it is also happens to be, um, ever regenerating, limitless and free. And that is love. And everyone gets all tutti frutti around it. But I will say that that is the key driver that replaces the unholy troika. Pull those out and be driven by that. And there is nothing more beautiful and real than the instinct to like love on your kids because that's the primary equation we are given here. It is where we come from, the energy we come from, and it's the energy we are reunited with at the end and we get to share it while we're here. It, its power comes from being given freely, received and returned larger than it was given. Like I give it my love to you, you add some of yours to the basket and then you, you hand it around the table and I hit a microphone and then we laugh and laugh and laugh. <laughs> and that's how the equation works. And so if you build a business equation, it has to start there. Like, what are the currencies of love? Who, where do you, how can you give them? How can you receive them? How can they be conveyed? Is it part of your math? Because if it is, your equation is strong. It will sustain attacks from without. It can grow within without a cash inlay. You can always make more love. It's an endless bucket, as my mother likes to say. It is an endless bucket, but it needs to be given away. Those that are stingy with it, I don't get it. It's free. Make more. You're dumb. And so, like, that is where, like, an, uh, uh, business gets so cruel because it does ignores the f most powerful resource we have to work with. And it is, I'm going to say that love is self-generating, that the more you have of it, the more you give, the more you create, and it energizes you. And I think that's a great way to end my conversation with oh, Brian Devine. it's over. Love. Oh, single, love. single tear. Thanks for listening to You Can't Say That, the show where you can. I'm Tanya Pinkins. This is part of the Broadway Podcast Network, produced by Dory Berenstein and Alan Seals, edited by Derek Gunther, music by Anthony Norman, available wherever you get your podcast. And visit me on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, and let me know what you'd like to hear me talk about. For more information, visit bpn.fm forward slash YCST. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E 
www.thepurpleshouse.org because only together we rise.